Welcome to the WCIA 3 in 1 podcast. Brett Barons, Marley Weirda, Andy Olson. We got the full crew here post game after Illinois loses to number 11 Arizona 83 79 at a Rocket State Farm Center. Sold out crowd, 15,000 plus in the building. We were all there at some points. Uh, I, I'm going to say you guys have both never heard the building quite that loud, would be my guess. So, Marley, first takeaway from just the atmosphere at State Farm Center is what? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, It was definitely very loud in there. I, unfortunately, was driving from the State Farm Center back to the station when Trent Frazier went on that absolute heater. Um, I had people reach out to me on Twitter and say, get back in the car. Like, you got to drive a couple more blocks around Champaign. Um, But, I mean, mean, it was great um, to see a a sold-out crowd and – and everything that this team was expected to have, especially after last season, not getting that. I think this was the first kind of real taste of, of what the State Farm Center is going to be like as we head into the season, as they start playing some some big games against some some Big Ten opponents. Um, so to have, you know, the Orange Crush back in, in full force and seeing people lined up outside um, makes you excited for for what the season could be it's unfortunate they they couldn't get the win because it was a a really tough environment I imagine for for Arizona to play in but I think the the crowd certainly helped Illinois at some points and allowed them to to take some of the the momentum back because it was really just a game of runs back and forth it seemed to me Andy you're on the court what did you think of the atmosphere I think you're right that I've never seen the State Farm Center like that before. That was uh, that was something special. That's it was like a a postseason environment almost, and it practically was. I mean, with these two teams, we're going to see them in the postseason. Uh, if Illinois can, you know, not fall back into their beginning of the season form and stay stay in this form that they're in right now, but it was electric. I mean, I think the players fed off that, especially during that 19 to nothing run, and you could tell that Arizona. Fed off that a little bit too, where we heard Tommy talking a little bit earlier in the week about yeah. you know wanting to kick some ass on the road. I think the team felt that way too because they were taking some of that energy and they were getting just as excited. So you know this energy I hope stays with the team throughout the year. And you know Brad Underwood of course wants it to, but I think he thinks it should as well because we heard him talking post game about how he thinks how this Illinois team can be a really good team. It wasn't very happy in the post game and um, you know, uh, for reasons that we're going to get into, but uh, yeah, the energy was great. And if it stays that way, the rest of the year, Illinois, you can absolutely say has a sixth man advantage. No doubt about it. And we'll start with that. That's not as fun because they didn't win that. The energy thing is like, okay, well, whatever. But I just wanted to make note that like, Hey, that is what state mm-hmm. farm center was. Um, Certainly 15, 20 years ago when James Augustine was there and he was in the house tonight to see them, hadn't been back. Uh, we caught up with him. We'll have that uh, tomorrow in the news on Sunday and then also on our website. But, you know, it's just that element, I think, was that six man. And it was unbelievable atmosphere tonight. The only thing that I can maybe think of just off the top of my head in, in the Underwood era was 2018-19 when they beat Michigan State. I hit a, a shot late. And that place uh, erupted at that point. That was really like the coming out moment for that season. And Underwood is a program. And a court storming, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. and it was a really cool moment in that. Um, But yeah, this is what I remember Illinois and State Farm Center and Assembly Hall then being and against a top opponent. And this was the most billed game since Wake Forest in 2004. And you 
went back and looked at it in that Gonzaga game in 2010-11 season, I believe it was. They were number 19 in the country. There was some, you know, ranked opponents in there non-conference wise, but non-con game like this was it. And I think overall this lived up to what it was. I mean, Arizona is a really really good team. I think Illinois is a solid team as well, but you saw the things tonight that Illinois is going to struggle with and um, against a high major opponent. This was no doubt the best team Illinois played this year. Mm-hmm. And Benedict Matherin was a problem for Illinois. I thought that dude was a stud. And I just thought the the length of Christian Coloco and Azulis Tabellis really hurt Illinois. They That length showed. Like, that was the longest team Illinois had played all season. Probably one of the longest teams they're going to see all year. And from my big takeaway was what Underwood said soft, that they just didn't match that physicality. And the thing I liked about it too, Marley, is the refs let him play. And I liked that. It wasn't a tic-tac foul every single time down the court. They let him go out there and play, uh, what, just 31 fouls in the game? Like, we've seen games in the 50s fouls called, like, 40s and 50s. I am fine with that, letting him play. Illinois, my big picture from this one is just going to have to match that physicality. And Brad Underwood called him out on it, called him soft. Yeah, and with, um, what's that ref that Illinois fans know? Bo like? Yeah. <laughs> with, oh, the one and only. Yeah, I don't I think you would have um, expected that. But, yeah, especially after their you know, coming off of that Iowa win where they were incredibly physical and, and dominated the the rebounding. I think um, that comes as a surprise for this team. And, you know, I think it, it does have to do with them struggling to to be fully healthy and um, Andre Curbelo not being on the floor. And Underwood even said today that they had kind of molded their entire offense around him um, when they were you know, leading into the season and then, you know, he, he gets hurt, he gets injured and they have to change a lot of things. So they're haven't had a lot of time to, to practice, um, this new identity and and what they are without him. But, um, another thing that stands out to me that I'm just looking at is Coleman Hawkins and Alfonso Plummer are both negative 17 in the plus minus category. How was Alfonso Plummer negative 17 when he is the second highest scorer on the team? Yeah, and that's where plus minus can be a little <laughs> bit tricky, right? It can be a mm-hmm. little bit, um, maybe not the best metric of that. Coleman Hawkins minus seventeen, I thought was legit. He no yeah. points for Coleman. Uh, he had two rebounds. He was just essentially un- un- ineffective tonight. Two uh, mm-hmm. or two turnovers, three assists. I thought that is a better number, a measurement of what he was. Plummer, you know, he still contributed a ton tonight. You mentioned the rebounds. You know, it was pretty even all the way across the board, 43-42 total rebounds. That wasn't the issue. The issue for me was points in the paint, 42-16, to is is they just got punked in the paint. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Kofi, 5 for 15. When's the last time we we saw him only shoot 33% from the field? I I thought he really struggled with that physicality, Andy, and that Christian Coloco went right at him and and pretty much was able to shut him down along with Omar Balo and their – just you know, those are two the two seven footers that really I thought imposed their will against Kofi. Yeah, and you know we've seen in the past few games that Kofi doesn't need to be that guy that scores points. He can be the distributor. He's fine with that role, but he just had trouble tonight. And you know, teams are going to look at this tape and figure out why. I don't know off the top of my head why, but you mentioned those are the guys that were able to shut him down. They're just as big as him. They're not as heavy as him. But Kofi just seemed yeah. like wasn't able to get by them, you know, in no matter what he tried. Um, so 
very confusing from, you know, all the knowledge that we had coming into this perspective uh, on Kofi. I, I mean, you mentioned when was the last time he shot 33% from the field? Probably before I even started this yeah. job, to be honest with you. It's been that long. <laughs> uh, I don't think he did that all of last year. But, you know, if, if Kofi can't have nights like that, if, you know, Illinois is going to win games. And I know they got close in this one, and it took, you know, extraordinary nights from Trent Frazier and Alfonso Plummer. Um, no one else really scored. Jake Grandison had 14 there. We mentioned all four of the people who had points for Illinois today. There was just four of them. Yeah, that's it. Isn't um, that crazy? That is crazy. And all of them had double digits, and it's hard to look down and see that DeMonte has none. Coleman yeah. has none. Surprise. Um, exactly. Yeah, like that was – such a weird way that the game played out and it, Illinois can't just rely on you know those four yeah. guys and Kobe's gonna have to have better nights than that and I think that the toughness thing was a direct challenge to him and we have to see how he takes that and runs with it oh I thought Underwood was speaking directly to Coleman Hawkins and Kofi Coburn with, mm-hmm. with the toughness statement that's mm-hmm. how I interpreted that in the end you, look you know Trent Frazier's tough you know DeMonte Williams is tough him not scoring is is not great for what they want to mm-hmm. do right he's been more 2019-20 DeMonte than 2021 DeMonte this season so far and, and they're going to need some more pieces off the bench Underwood did add in the post game that he wasn't worried about only four guys scoring that's just how the game played out but he also at the same token said he's got to trust some more guys off his bench mm-hmm. you know Luke Goody plays seven minutes RJ plays three Omar plays Eight minutes tonight, and Ben plays two minutes. And I want to reiterate the fact that Kofi had a double-double. He's 13 and 13. Mm -hmm. It's not like he was bad. He's a minus one in the plus one, or in the plus minus. But it's his third straight double-double. He's an active leader in the country with double-doubles. 31st now in his career. It's like, he wasn't bad, but it's just, there's, there's more you want out of him there with five turnovers and, you know, 13 rebounds is great, but it's just like w- the bar of Kofi is so high, Marley, of what they yeah. expect out of him that, like, we're sitting here talking about 13 and 13 as, like, it's a bad thing. You yeah, know what I mean? and especially when he's taking 15 shots. Well, and I think that's the biggest issue with that. He can't yeah. miss 10 he, shots. Yeah, if he's taking those 15 shots, which are essentially all in the paint. I mean, he did have one jumper that he made today, right, mm-hmm. which was a yep. nice flash. But, okay, if 14 of 15 of those shots are in the paint, he's got to convert at a higher clip than 5 out of 15. Mm-hmm. I think that's the issue is toughness mm-hmm. down low and imposing his will and his size because they may match the height, but they don't match the um, toughness, weight, the body, the, the girth. Thing. Yeah. The girth. Yeah. How about that? they got to match that. So, And they just don't have – I mean, Kofi's a unicorn in that sense, right, of what he's able to do with size and weight. And so I think that from that's how I – took that from Underwood that, hey, you've got to be better than 5 of 15 and, and only scoring 13 points. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, because you, 10 misses from Kofi, especially, like you said, down low close to the basket is, you know, 10 trips with the ball that you're not coming away with any points. And it's great right. that he's winning you more possessions by getting those rebounds, and that's awesome. But, you know, you expect them to score more. And, you know, Illinois relied on the three ball tonight, you know, big time. We haven't really found figured out yet if that's going to be the way things are always going, if they're always going to shoot 44% from behind the arc, which is great. Uh, you're taking a lot of shots with that. I know Alfonso Plummer's taking a lot, but you know, I personally don't have an issue with him taking 14 three-pointers because I know how often he's going to make that's a, those. That's a lot. It's, it's though. a lot, though, and they're mm-hmm. taking 30-plus threes a game, mm-hmm. which is going like it's you can't do that consistently. It's just right. it, it's not a – in my eyes, a consistent way to win night in and night out in the Big Ten because 
there's going to be nights where you're not going to hit those shots. And and you get 25 three-point attempts from Trent and Alfonso. You know, and they make 12, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But it's like I got to have more from Kofi in that sense and, and making more than five shots in the game. So for me, that was a couple of big takeaways out of that. Um, you know, and, and the bench, I think, certainly hurts as well. 14 to 8. Illinois actually outscored the bench points for uh, over Arizona, but 18 to 3 in fast break. And that was something we talked about on the pregame show, Marley, was them getting up and down in transition. And Derek mm-hmm. told us that that's what Arizona wanted to do. And, and I 18. saw that as well with the athleticism that they had. And even with that size, Arizona was still able to get up and down the court and force turnovers for Illinois. Um, 16 turnovers once again. Now, Arizona had 14, but like, We've seen this metric of between 15 and 20 plus turnovers a game, and like they've got to get that cleaned up. They, if if they're going to turn the ball over that much, you've got to have another area be that much better than the other team. Like we had at Iowa the other night with rebounding, rebounding. you've got to have some kind of measurement to to balance that out, and they and they didn't have that tonight. Sure, and the way it's going, like realistically, okay, they're not going to shoot this well from the three. Um, maybe they're not going to rebound every team by 30 plus. Um, so it, it it's going to be tough for them to win games down the stretch if they're turning it over 16 times, 20 times even that we've seen so far this season. So, um, and you mentioned too the fast break points, Brett. Um, I think that's just a little bit of not having IO because he was so good in transition and for Illinois to only have three fast break points compared to Arizona's 18. Yeah. I think that was another um, area that was um, exploited a little bit. Yeah, and the bench points, yeah, they went at 14-8, to eight, but that was mainly because Jacob Grant, Grant came yeah. off the bench. I mean, it, and he's I been a like starter. A he's essentially a, a bench starter. Sure, yeah, he's proven that he can be a bench starter. Jacob Grant is a really, really good player. Um, but, you know, when they get 30 from Matherin and 16 from Tabellis, and, man, I thought... Kerr Kariza, who had his first name on the jersey. I don't know how that worked. They're like, that's kind of a flex. Whatever. International play. I, I always put the first is. name first. I guess that's true. Is that how that works? You tell me, Mr. <laughs> International. There you go. Um, he hit a couple back-to-back threes there early in the second half. Or, man, I thought that really got them going again. Or they were reeling there. You know, Andy, you mentioned that 19-0 run, mm-hmm. and, and that place was – the roof was coming off. I mean, it was an unbelievable atmosphere. And then when they close on the fourteen to six stretch or whatever it was in the in the first half, and you just you let them come back in it, and then Kerr hits a couple of threes there, and they were fully back in it from there, trading baskets. Um, that's tough. I, I really thought the Alfonso Plumber five second call was really really difficult mm-hmm. in that area. You know, they're they're waiting to run the play, they're trying to run some off the clock. And Underwood said after the game that that's on him because Alfonso didn't know that there was a five-second call if the defender's on you, and that's on the ref to call that. And you see it. Sometimes they don't call it. I'll, I'll give mm-hmm. them that. I mean, you know, I've seen plenty of those yeah. possessions and times where the ref just doesn't call it. But he was – I was watching him, and he was counting to five, and the Arizona defender called out to the ref, hey, that's five seconds, and the whistle was there, and it was over. I mean, mm-hmm. that, you know, that that was just a killer turnover there to have that at that time. Um, but I, how do you guys feel after this? Like, I – even if Illinois would have won this game, I still would have felt like, and this is probably not a popular take, Arizona is still a better team than Illinois. I mean, like, I just thought they had be- they have better pieces in one sense. And with Curbelo out, it's really tough. Mm-hmm. I-, I would have loved to have seen Curbelo in this game because I think he would have 
really impacted it. I think it could have been closer than the final score at four, you know. Um, but I, I, that's where I like. I just I walk away from this going. Illinois is not there yet. Is that unfair to that? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going to be ranked again this week. Yeah, Andy and I, I talked about that. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's tough. They how, might. Do you, how do you move a team up after they lose? But like, I mean, they, Iowa got crushed by Iowa State the other night. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're ranked. But like, do you get the sense that Illinois let this get away, or Arizona is the better team? I think they let it get away in some sense because, especially late game down the stretch, there were guys that I I wasn't expecting to take shots. Take shots like Jacob Grandison took a little, um, took a couple uh, late game. I kind of watched it in fragments, so I'm not entirely sure on this, but um, it, it just surprised me that it wasn't you weren't you know feeding the ball to Trent or you know the hot hand of the night. Um, and I think that just comes into play with the whole role identification of this team and who are they going to count on um, in these late game situations, especially when this team is still kind of coming into their own a little bit. But I do agree that Arizona is is a good team. Could Illinois have come away with the win? Absolutely. But um, I mean, Arizona is a tournament team, no doubt. So um, yeah, Arizona's going to be in the top 10 next week. Yeah. And I think they're a national title contender. I don't think yeah. Illinois is there yet. No. And that's, that's basically what yeah. I'm saying is like, I think Illinois has a really dang good team. Uh, and they went toe-to-toe there until the end. Mm-hmm. Give them a lot of credit for what they were able to do and fighting back after a slow start. But, like, hey, look, they're, they're just not there yet. I mean, and, they, they don't have a Matherin or a Benedict Matherin, you know. They don't have mm-hmm. a Christian Coloco. They're, they're different players. Kofi's really dang good, you know. But I thought Coloco impacted Kofi big time. And I think Illinois can get to where Arizona is this season. But that just comes with – is the team going to make adjustments or are they going to keep, you know, playing at this yeah. level all year? I thought there were moments last season where Illinois was kind of failing to live up to the expectations that were set for them. And eventually they got in a great run and they hit those sure. expectations. And so can Illinois still do it? Yeah. hundred percent. I think they have the pieces. It's just, it's not there yet. And we don't know if they're ever going to get to that point. Yeah. And it's December 11th. And I think that's the big perspective piece off of mm-hmm. all of this. And Underwood said it after the game. Look, they haven't practiced, and that's fine. That's going to get old really quick. They are going to have some more time to practice here with only a couple of games to round out mm-hmm. 2020. Um, they get St. Francis next Saturday. They get a week off until that. Missouri the following Wednesday, and then they play um, another week off between that. You know, Florida A&M comes to town December 29th. So they got three games left the rest of calendar year 2020. In what a twenty-day stretch here, almost nineteen-day yeah. stretch. So this is the time for them to get healthy. And Underwood said that Austin Hutcherson out. Speaking of injuries, the rest of the season, so he will not return. Uh, athletic, what do they call it? Athletic hernia. Hernia. I don't know what that means, but that's great. It means he's out the rest of the year. So going to have to have surgery. So he's not a factor in the rotation. We didn't see a lot from him this year to begin with. I feel bad for Hutch because, like, mm-hmm. this is a dude yeah. that has tried to get healthy and it just cannot stay healthy. Um, but they've got to see what they can do with Curbelo. Underwood said once again afterwards that this could be a longer-term thing with Curbelo. So who knows mm-hmm. how that goes. At this point, I think they just got to ride with what they have, try and figure it out, try and get healthy in terms of the sickness element, which they had last week. Sounds like they're on the mend a little bit with that. And Underwood said he's going to grind him. Uh, what do you make of that statement to just go out and continue to push him here and try and get some practice time in? Yeah, I, I you know, it's going to be up to how the team responds. And I think it, Brad Underwood has proved that he's gonna, he's good at getting the best out of his team. You know, he has 
enough established reputation with those guys that he's able to ride them a little bit harder when things aren't going well because I think they understand that he really cares about them. Maybe, I mean, if you just see the moments when he's getting animated on the sideline, you may not think that about Brad, but I think we've seen enough of that with him that the players trust him in that aspect. So it's going to be whether or not the players buy in and the practice time is going to be great. You know, more time to get into the gym. Yeah. Trent Frazier getting healthier. No one has the flu anymore, I don't think, <laughs> on the team. Curbelo possibly coming back. And, you know, it's up to Brad to live up to those words, to actually get after them in practice and, you know, take them through the game plan maybe a little bit harder. Make them run. I don't know. I'm not a coach that that makes makes those decisions. But if there's anyone who has, like, the – I don't know what word I'm thinking of right now. Not credential, but the – has proved it before. I I think it's Brad. Cache. Maybe. Let's okay. go with that. All right. Well, they're essentially a third of the way through the season now. Uh, 31 games. They're 10 in, 7 and 3. If they lose another game in calendar year 2020, then there's big time flash alerts here, at least in my eyes, for what they have with St. Francis, the second one, this one, PA, Missouri, and Florida AM to close it out. Missouri is not a good team. Um, they lost by 40 today or whatever it was to Kansas. Mm-hmm. They, they are trash. Um, all due respect to Missouri, <laughs> um, but that team is is really really struggling, and so they're, let's just assume they're going to be ten and three. Mm-hmm. How do you sum up what you've seen so far, Marley, in ten and three, a third of the way through the season, remembering that they're still two and zero in Big Ten conference play so far, and and yeah. that's what they care about, right? A loss to Arizona isn't going to kill you December eleventh for your resume or season or whatever else. It's all about conference play with eighteen games left. In yeah. Conference. I mean, I think that head start is what they really wanted and what they really needed because they know it's not going to be that easy down the stretch. And to get kind of those first two out of the way early, I think is big and and does give them a little bit of that head start. But is this a Big Ten title team? I don't know if we've seen that yet. It's still early. Plenty of basketball left to play. But if they keep continuing at the pace that they're going in just like kind of getting by in games and not competing fully to their ability or making these mental errors and turning it over, just these mental mistakes, I don't know if realistically they're going to be in contention for a Big Ten title. I hope they surprise me and turn it around, but the way it's looking right now, if I'm deciding right now after this game today, maybe not. Yeah, and I think Purdue's clearly, even with a loss to Rutgers, at the top, Michigan loses today to Minnesota. What is going on in the Big Ten? There's a, <laughs> maybe a lot more parity this year than we had thought. And, you know, okay, that win looks a little bit better against Rutgers, even if it is at home. You know, and the Iowa win, we'll see how they are. I, I'm not convinced they're a even middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team this year. But, yes, you're right. Uh, setting them up at 2-0 is, is really, really important. Andy, how do you assess through a third of the season what this team is and what it could be? Well, it's hard to do that just because of – you know, the injuries and everything, sure. but Marley's right. Getting that 2-0 start, I think, is important because now for the rest of the month, you get to look at the Big Ten standings, and they're tied at the top, you know, at 2-0. And that helps with – I'm assuming as a player that maybe helps with your morale. It definitely does as a fan where you can see that Illinois is 2-0 and at the top of the Big Ten. But, you know, they've definitely come in, I think, under expectations. Um, you know, Alfonso Plummer coming in was kind of a question mark, and he has proved to be – a really important piece for this team. Kofi, I think, uh, has a little bit more to prove. I like a few of ga- a few of the games that he's had this year where he was 
able to pass the ball out from the post, which I think in the past few years had, had kind of been an issue. Um, and I, I'm not going to go down individually everyone, but you know, I, I still think that there's another level that the team can get to that they're just not at yet. I don't know yeah. why they're not getting to that level. Uh, and to get to that level, I think, has a lot to do with not turning the ball over as much. And I know we're going to talk about turnovers a lot. We already have talked about them a lot, but that's kind of the big issue that I see with the team right now is just not being able to hold on to the ball as much. You're going to lose those possessions. You're going to lose chances to score, and that's going to end up hurting you in the box score, you know, at the end of the day and on the scoreboard. So I I think there's another gear that they can get to. Um, Whether or not they get to it, I think – uh, really depends on what kind of stretch they kind of have down here at the end of the month. Because if you get these three wins, which they should get, you know, you kind of get some momentum going. And then you go to Minnesota, who who knows what Minnesota is after blowing right. out Michigan. Uh, and you get some momentum going. And I think momentum is huge in basketball because you start to pick up some form. So the end of the month is going to be huge here for how far Illinois gets. If they kind of have a lackluster, sluggish UT Rio Grande Valley games for the rest of the month, and it's not looking good, I think, for their outcome the rest of the season. Yeah, and building that momentum in practice, and then I think getting a reset for 2021 or 2022, or what Ooh. year are we in? Uh, who knows? But because you're 2 0, I think you get a little mental reset there when yeah. you restart the conference play mm-hmm. January 2nd, I believe it is, it at is. Minnesota. So we'll see how it turns out, but that's going to do it for the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. For Marley Weirda and Andy Olson, I'm Brett Behrens. Thanks so much for listening. We will do it again next week. Sure. St. Francis. That's, that's the pot <laughs> everybody wants, right? All right. We love it. All right. Uh, hope you enjoyed the game, the atmosphere, if you were there. And um, yeah, oh, the Ubers. The Ubers. We forgot to. Um... The Arizona Uber. Ubered in after the <laughs> flight got delayed. It, it didn't prove to matter. Um, maybe gave him a little chip, right? Do you think I'm there just, were lights in I'm these Ubers? I'm imagining how much like the Ubers cost to get for to go from. Is this an Uber where you can pick the music? To, like, oh man, it's a two-hour ride in Uber. Yeah, like, I don't want to. And these are tall guys, and they're are they sitting in the back seat? Right. Like, you can't ride in the front seat of an Uber. Anymore. No. So, so these are like seven-foot guys sitting in the back seat yeah. of an Uber. Were there candy bowls in these Ubers? Like, were these the fancy ones? I don't, I don't know. I don't want to talk to your driver for 10 minutes down the road, <laughs> let alone two hours. You just pop into your butts and you say, let us know when we get there. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'm going to guess at least 150. Oh, and they probably yes. 10? At least? Yeah, at least. Because I imagine, like, the staff, like, the athletic trainers, the managers, everybody else that also travels with the team. Teams take know. a lot of equipment. They just pop it in the trunk, like, hey, we got some bags to put back yeah, here. bottom of the bus, like, they just... We got some jerseys to put in yeah, the back right? here that we need to take. Didn't matter, as Arizona <laughs> beats Illinois 83-79. to Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk again soon.